Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. It's Wednesday this week, and we are talking pirates. Obviously, pirating is a kind of a grown-up sort of profession. You don't really want kids on board a pirate ship, but for some reason, kids just seem to love pirate-themed stories. Why on earth would that be? Telling you what to do. Teamwork. It's uh, it's it's like dangerous adventure that all works out okay in the romanticized sort of paradigm of which piracy. is what we make the games out of. Yeah, yeah it's fun costumes. Um, That's true. Yeah, the role playing is great in this. It's uh, it's yeah, causing trouble without the grown ups around. It's secrets, right? Burying treasure is a very kid kind of thing to do. All right. I feel like also one of the first stories you get introduced to as a kid is Peter Pan, and. All the pirates in that are, are granted they're the villains, but they're cool. <laughs> Especially Captain Hook. Yeah, right. <laughs> so let's see. What have you got for kids' games for pirates? There's Pirates Cove. Uh, there's um, yeah, oh, the old uh, Days of Wonder Pirates Cove. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. It's great. Uh, there's uh, yeah, I there's, don't know. I'm not a big fan of Pirates Cove myself, mainly because what you want to do is avoid encountering the other players. That the is whole true. Pi- the whole point of Pirates Cove is to avoid people. The upgrading is fun, though. It's about building it's a cool ship. That and, part and you've got I this like. awesome sheet in front of you with uh, stats for your cannons and your sails and your crew and stuff, and you go to different islands to upgrade them, but if somebody else goes to the same island as you, you have to fight, and that's going to go badly for one of you. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it's a neat idea. Maybe not a perfect implementation. But it looks beautiful, and it was one of the first pirate games to uh, to really have a, a nice presentation in the modern age of games. Yeah. Nice. There's uh, this pop-up pirate. We get asked for that all the time. The springy sword launching it's it's crocodile <laughs> dentist but a pirate um nothing wrong with that yeah it's, nope. it's a cute little uh, toy of a game everything's uh, better with pirates in yeah well including crocodile dentist our you know perennial favorite settlers of Catan. it's kids version now Catan jr is pirate themed um it's uh the board is fixed instead of modular it depicts a bunch of islands um and you're building ships to get to places that make resources like swords or molasses which you know it's molasses because it's a kid's game but leave it out long enough and you get run um (laughs) the uh the robber baron is a ghost pirate you can i love that particularly it's a great touch the pieces instead of it being cards with the resources they're little cardboard tokens so you've got a literal pile of swords in front of you which feels really on point thematically Hmm. um and it lets you, from a game design perspective, start kids out with a very, very lightweight version of Catan, but then it lets you reintroduce trading, and then it reintroduces more and more ideas, until by the end, your kid is playing basically full-on Catan. Right, because you trade, you start out trading with just a space on the board that, you know, you have, you have available is what other people have dumped in there yes. to get what they want, and they're not actually trading with each other, right? But so then it's a start. It lets you socially engineer trades with the other players once the yeah. kids playing it are ready for it. I think it's a really great retheming. Nice. I need to add that to my repertoire. I've always sort of avoided it, assuming it was a sort of a cash-in, but it's it's the real deal. It's well done, I think. Nice. I've never played it, but I've seen it, and it just looks so cool. It's huh. just fine. You can play it with a kid, and the grown-ups will have fun, and the kids will get it, and it's great. Another sort of uh, nautical-themed game. Is, is Riff Raff a pirate game? Uh, it's, it's certainly set on a tall ship. That's I a dexterity well. game uh, where you build a nifty wooden ship and it's mounted on a wibbly wobbly ball joint and it looks pretty spectacular. You're bidding cards to uh, allow you to place wooden bits on the ship and things that fall off you have to keep and you win by getting rid of all your stuff onto the ship. Mm. But the ship's sort of a tippy mess. So it's like a Jenga type of thing. It's it's pirate Jenga. It's cool. I don't. I mean, all it needs is a Jolly Roger hanging off the top of the little <laughs> ship, but it doesn't have that. But it's certainly set on a ship having a weird time. 
Well, and I guess if you, it's sort of also the pieces that you're placing on there. You've got a plank, you've got a coffin, you've got a barrel. It's sort of the items are pirate-ish. There's a monkey. Mm. Oh, well, no, sorry, it's a sailor, isn't it? I always think it looks like a monkey. Oh, I thought it was just a monkey in a neat hat. Oh, maybe it's a monkey in it's a neat hat. It's just a silhouette. Who um, knows? Sort of hanging off. You can hang him off the ship sort of thing. So I think it's a primate. We can agree on this that it is a primate yes. animal. Call, call Riff Raff pirate adjacent, and certainly if you want a pirate vibe, you can have it playing that. Yeah. So supposing we're going to get a bit older here, we're going to sort of you know medium weight games, the kind of stuff we tend to recommend at Snakes and Lattes. What, uh, what sort of pirate stuff can we bring out then? There's a big one I always turn to, which is Jamaica. Mm. Yeah, it hits uh, the table a lot. Absolutely. It's a, it's a slightly longer teach, but it's a very simple one. It doesn't take long to go in. Uh, it's just there's quite a few things to talk through. But the basic premise of Jamaica is it's a pirate race which is one of the things that makes it very, very simple. It's not some complicated negotiation, decision of what you want to do. You're simply trying to race around Jamaica. Just a lap around the island. Of yeah. course, you're not going to be racing fair because you're nope. pirates. No, you can attack each other if you land on the same space. Uh, certain spaces require you to pay money or food to stay on them. So if you, uh, if you can't afford the space, you might lose some ground. You might also, tactically, if you're in a good position to have a fight, land on a space that you deliberately can't afford. So you have have to drop back to the space that gives you the fight you're really after. <laughs> a fun and choice to make. That is a game that incentivizes fighting because you get you can collect gunpowder, which mm-hmm. gives you a much better chance of defeating the other players. And you can steal their stuff when you do. Exactly, plundering, or you can make them take your cursed stuff, which is also fun. That's right. You can sort of put pocket instead of pickpocket and just leave crap you don't want on the ship you've beaten. I think yeah. Jamaica does a pretty remarkable job for such a simple game of getting across a lot of these sort of romantic things that are that make the pirate theme appealing. Uh, one of the things that Coco talked about in the nautical-themed episode was the the need to prepare, the need to make sure you've got the right stuff on your ship to handle whatever circumstance you're going to come across. And provisioning and stuff is really important in Jamaica. Uh, making Absolutely. sure that your crew is going to be able to be fed, be like getting, making sure that you're sufficiently well-armed. Um, choosing whether you want to take the longer route, which has cool treasures in it, or whether you want to take the faster route, which doesn't, is you know, it's, it's not exactly being, you know, being able to travel in any direction you want, but it gives you a sense of being the captain of your own ship. Well, and what I like about that is you can prepare as much as you want. doesn't guarantee you're going to get what you want because uh-huh. every single turn, whoever the lead player is for that turn, is going to roll two dice and your, your, your action cards uh, that you play out have two actions on them, a morning and an afternoon uh, or morning and evening, whatever it is. And you are going to do those two actions but you don't know how much you get to do them yet. So how much gold you get to take, how far you get to move. Uh, and then the lead player will roll the dice and put one die in the morning and one die in the afternoon and and you do the action the number of times equivalent to the points on the die. But that means until that die goes out there, you might have planned to gather all the food and then move way far ahead, but you only get to get one food. And you still move way far ahead, and you land on, you go past four spaces that all need food, land on a space that needs food, and then you have to go all the way back again. Oops. Yeah. It's it's a lovely kind of chaos that comes out of this beautiful moment of planning where you know exactly what you want to do and it just doesn't happen. I think Jamaica makes a really good first impression also partly because of its beautiful, bright, cartoony artwork. Oh, yeah. Uh, they set it up so that those action cards, if you line them up, form a diorama. Mm-hmm. Not a diorama. Panorama. panorama. That's the one. Panorama. That, in fact, wraps around so you can start or end it anywhere. Um, all the cards connect on both sides to another card. And I had never picked up on that. It's really cute. And they I show love you when the, they do that. And the panorama goes through weather systems and times of day and pirates having good times and bad times, and it's just really cool. <laughs> it is. It's a wonderful game. So, let's see. Other medium weight stuff. Uh, I love bringing up Black Fleet. 
mm. Black Fleet, which I've heard occasionally referred to as Pirate to Ride, because it is sort of <laughs> it's it's got about as many decision points as Ticket to Ride, and it's about as complicated and about as long. But uh, that's a pr- that's a pretty smart description. It also has this about as big a footprint. It's massive. But, yeah, it's the um, board is huge. It's a big chunk of a fictionalized goofy Caribbean with um, <laughs> with with you know names that sound totally like they're from that time and place, but are not. I remember playing this one one time on the bar at Snakes and Lagers when it still existed, and we, it was literally finding every possible inch of space within Just the. It, it was right. yeah, it was such a squeeze. But it's um, the thing with Black Fleet is it has a really peculiar p- player count three because or four. this is three or four people. You can't play it with two, and you can't play it with five. Uh, the designer has on Board Game Geek come out with a suggestion that if you want to play two players, you each control two fleets. Right, which, which I, makes sense. I think that's probably like more bookkeeping than I want to do. But I would it's think fine. so. It's, it's, it's you, as, as two player variants go. It's it's, far it's from not the, the worst, worst solution. Yeah. It's uh, and it's sort of a game about being in each other's way. With, right. With yeah. just two fleets on the board, you you're never going to get each other. You need the board other. to be reasonably crowded because here's the thing about Black Fleet is it gives you the pirate equation from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Because each player actually has a fleet. You've got a merchant ship whose job is to pick stuff up, take it across to the other side of the Caribbean, and deliver it and get money. And each of you has a pirate whose job is to harass the other players' merchants and steal their stuff and bury it on these desert islands because, of course, they do. And, and then in the middle are those two navy ships, sort of NPCs. That we all get to push around whose job it is to troll the pirates and shut them down <laughs> and collect bounties on their heads exactly exactly uh so you know you're never that far from a pirate that's going to get your merchant and your pirate's never that far from a navy that's going to bring it down it really the, the the limited space feels really cool and then, yeah and that only works when you have a decent amount of fleets on the board mm-hmm. but um yeah that that really does give you an open sea where you can sort of go wherever you want and do whatever you want it's, it's worth mentioning that the ships in Black Fleet are, I think, my favorite ship miniatures of any game that has miniature wonderful. ships. They're wonderful. They're so very, very big and cartoony, and they've got those slots in them that fit those little cargo cubes perfectly. Yeah, you're actually visually loading up the ship with its cargo, and, and the pirate ship, uh, pirates can only hold one cargo? Great. The miniature pirate ship literally only has space for one cube. They built the rules into the components, and I always really like that. So oh, nice. it's great. And it's I think I agree with the cartooniness as well. Like, the pirate ship almost looks like someone's taken it from both ends and folded it slightly and it's just kind of a little bit yeah, it looks like a kid's <laughs> bathtub toy pirate ship. yeah it's great it's and it's beautiful. just there's something about it that's just so much fun the only other major medium weight pirate game I can think of offhand is Libertalia, mm-hmm. which is uh, skews a little heavier, I would say. A little bit. It's if you can do reading comprehension, it's fine. The rules are almost insultingly simple. Each player's got a hand of nine cards. That's your crew. You pick one, hold it face down in the middle of the table. Everybody reveals it once, and we line them up on deck in order of rank. The rank is the number on the top left corner of the card, and then the highest ranked person takes a piece of booty from the day's hall, and then the next, then the next, then the next. Not all the booty is good, so you want to have a high ranked character in there so you can get the good stuff. Uh, but on the other hand a lot of the lower rank characters have cool special abilities that go off and so most importantly of all each of you has an identical set of cards Mm. so it's not a question of do you have a better crew it's a question of when do you use this crew or that crew and it's literally that that's done one person just randomly draws nine cards and then says everyone else get these cards out of your deck so it's going to be different every time you play yeah it's really interesting for that I think Mm-hmm. Feels very thematic as well because the, I mean the the theme of it is uh, is there's this pirate haven called Libertalia where pirates retire to, but first they have a wacky time on this ship that's parked nearby. Um, <laughs> so the theme of it is is your pirates are hitting the ship doing their thing because pirates can't behave themselves around loot, um, and then they retire at the end of the round to your hideout on the island, um, and so it feels like you know the the 
the characters are actually getting each other in ways that feels narrative. Um, I like to imagine that Libertalia is actually set up by the uh, British colonial government, and it's just a play that a place that they like kill pirates and dump them. It's it's, it's a this, secret meat grinder. It's like the village from the prisoner. And when, and when and when those pirate characters disappear from the game, and they've gone off to the pirate paradise, they've gone off to the good place, and they're not yeah, dead at all. They're not dead. It's interesting what it does with it as well because it's it's a real stab in the back game. Because you can really, really mess with... Because, you know, there are some things where this character's power only goes off if they're in your den at the end of the game. Mm -hmm. So you kill someone in someone else's den. Or you might want to kill someone who's in your den because they gave you something cool straight away. But but at the end of the game, they're going to hurt you. At the end of the week. Right. But then you have that really cool concept of these characters, like the governor's daughter, uh, who incidentally is actually the objective for Black Fleet. First person uh, to yes. ransom the governor's daughter wins. In this game, the governor's daughter is only worth points if you are the only person who has her at the end of the game. So if you're sort of, if you see somebody, if you feel like someone's going to beat you a little bit, or you feel like they're getting a little bit too ahead, you play your governor's daughter as well, and now neither of them is worth anything. <laughs> yep. It's worth talking about. I've got a handful of the. the the Libertalia cards in my hand here. The art on them is is beautiful. It's yeah, really beautiful is. illustrations of characters, some of which are obvious call-outs. Uh, the captain is absolutely Jeffrey Rush as he appears in uh, I in love Pirates Captain the Barbosa. There's a few there are a few characters who are um, the uh, the barmaid or whatever her name is. The uh, the waitress is definitely Eliza Dushku. There there are a few um, a few characters that look like they're drawn to explicitly resemble celebrities. But through this, in a deck of 30 characters, two of them are animals, parrot and monkey. The two of them are people of color, the voodoo witch and the freed slave. Three of them are women, the governor's daughter, the waitress, and Granny Wata, who's a sort of supernatural sea witch character. And she's naked. And she's she's largely naked. She's kind of wearing scales. And uh, that leaves, about seven there, that leaves 23 characters who are white men. Um... And no matter what you think history looked like, um, piracy being a pretty diverse chunk of Europe's history um, in terms of gender, in terms of race. Um, you know, well, it was one of the few th- options available for you yeah. if you were a white dude and you wanted to make something yourself in it, that case. It's a real damn shame, as you were saying before, Jonathan, that they didn't make the, the first mate either a call out to Anne, uh, Bonnie, or Mary Reed. Sure. I mean, they did that in Jamaica. Yeah. Jamaica does okay for representation. That's I don't think there are any POCs there, but uh, you've got two out of six of the uh, pirates you can play who are ladies. Yeah, it's not the worst. Yeah, it's a little wacky that in a game that has characters who are explicitly supernatural, um, the sea witch and the, or, yeah, Granny, Granny Wata, Wata. the sea witch yeah. and the, the, the voodoo guy, and there, are, there are a bunch of call-outs to people having spooky, spooky powers. Um, if you're willing to believe Well, that's that, not unrealistic, though, Scott. I mean, sure, yeah. If you're, but it, all I'm saying <laughs> is if, uh, if your barrier for realism is set at supernatural uh, undead shenanigans, then... Uh, you know, this there should be more diversity, more inclusivity in this. Yeah, inclusivity not matters a, in game design. Not, not a ton of options. Yeah. I mean, there are it's a bit, bit of a missed opportunity. I mean, the art's great. I really do like it. It's, it's, it's a shame there's not more breadth. Yep. Still a cool game. Yep. And that's about all we have time for today, unfortunately. But join us again on Friday, and we're going to go into a couple of the really big pirate games that are out there. We're getting serious. Serious for us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.